I always like to kick off with something interesting. And now, what is the weirdest thing that you've ever seen on Craigslist? Well, I did a search. Here are some of the things that people have tried to sell in the past. Cat milk. Yes, I said milk <laughs> from a cat. Uh, ketchup packets, like those ones that they used well, to sell, or the ones that they used to give away at McDonald's and all the other fast food places. Um, how about a sailboat marooned in a backyard pool? Huh. All right. Well. Um, now you can add this to the list. A guy in Maryland, you have to, this is just crazy. A guy in Maryland named Joshua Lee Roberts, he decided that he was going to sell a venomous snake on Craigslist. <gasps> This is not a run-of-the-mill garden snake. He has a West African bush viper. I didn't know what that was. I had to look it up. Uh, There's no anti-venom for it. So if this snake bites you, you are dead. That's just the way that it is. Yikes. It's not exactly legal to own this sort of thing. So Joshua actually got caught. Apparently the local cops must have been really bored because they were cruising Craigslist. They spotted this ad and they set it up to buy the snake from this guy in order to nab him. So now Joshua is facing a fine of $1,000. And as for the snake, it's now chilling in a wildlife preserve thinking like, how the heck did I end up in Maryland? Yeah, man. (laughs) What is going on with this? (laughs) But what's worse than a box full of snakes? What's worse than a box full of snakes? Anybody? Hmm. A box that was supposed to be full of snakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, happy Friday, tech lovers. You want to buckle up because it's another turbocharged episode of Kim Commando today. And yes, I'm back. And if you Woo. haven't been following along with my own, yes, cornea transplant journey, it has been a month and things are going just so Fabulous. Hey. So great. Uh, the sight in my right eye went from 2,400 to, drumroll please, 2050, 2060. Ooh. Wow. Nice. Really something. And I've been posting pictures on my Insta account over at Kim Commando, of course. And thanks for all your good vibes and prayers. I appreciate it so much. And with all this time taking things easy, I have to tell you, my jokes are fresh, Ooh. and the cornea, the better. Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh. Hey, listen, we've got a double delight for you with two star players from the whole Commando verse. We're talking about radio, podcasts, websites, newsletters. And of course, joining us, we have our amazing content queen, Allie Seligman. So, Allie, what do you have on tap for us today? This is a warning for all of you iPhone owners, not me, but you Mm. too, and probably (laughs) lots of you listening, Uh, and my very favorite piece of smart home tech. The one thing, take it all away from me, but leave me with this one. Okay, let me guess. Is it the smart crock pot? (laughs) Nope. Oh. Nope. Nope. I never understood. Why does somebody need a smart crock pot anyway? I mean... Think about it. You just put chicken in it. You put some salsa. You set it up for five hours, and it's done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, Kim. Everything's it's, it's, too smart these days for me. Agreed. Not so. And then, of course, we have our magnificent millennial and our very internet scout, Matthew Heffel. And Matt, how are you going to jazz us with all of your wisdom? You know, I'm going to try my best to explain what's going on over there at Reddit. Uh, it's a big, confusing situation. <laughs> um, I also have a really cool new AI tool that you're going to want to try, as well as why influencers are leaving being influencers. Oh, I'd like to know more about that myself. All right, we're going to kick it off with the news, and I always go first. So I don't know if you use it, but um, I think I use it almost every single day, Instacart. Are you Instacart users? No. I'm not. There's a fries across the street. (laughs) Every day, Kim? You're not? Almost every day. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I mean... It's like we need something from Costco. Mm. We need something from Bevmo, from PetSmart. Uh, then, of course, we need something from Gelson's or the farmer's market or whatever it is. I know I could probably condense this into it, but I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, we need this. And then I just hop online and get it. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the reason why I thought the story was super interesting. Because what I have found is that when you're using Instacart, they always try to upsell you. And they say, you know, Mm -hmm. for $2 more, you can get priority express delivery. Mm -hmm. And I never get the priority express delivery for the 2 bucks, but I always get priority delivery. And I think it's because that I must, behind the scenes, have this great Instacart rating. (laughs) Because, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. If it says I can take two hours, I always get it, like, within 30 minutes. So in the (laughs) Wall Street Journal, they were talking about how – 
Instacart is having trouble with jerk face customers. Huh. Okay. And that they have 600,000 people across the United States that are delivering Instacart. Isn't wow. that astounding? Think about That's that. That's incredible. 600,000 people in the United States are Instacart shoppers. And if you've never used Instacart, basically you just go online and you say what you want from whatever store, and then the person goes and gets it, and then they, you give them a tip, and that's how it works. Yeah. Um, so with the Wall Street Journal, they were investigating, like, what is happening over at Instacart and what's happening with all these folks that are not really being nice customers. So, like, for example, uh, shoppers shared an experience when a customer who, re- who wanted a loaf of bread to be sliced only after the shopper was on their way to the person's house. What? that the person texted the shopper in all caps, you better go back right now and get the bread sliced. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Cool. Then there's also people that say, you know, uh, they're complaining because when they get the box of crackers, whatever, they thought it was going to be eight ounces, and then it turns out it's only two ounces, so then they complain to the Instacart. And it's really the manufacturer's what? fault because, you know, they're all <laughs> doing that. Okay. So what Instacart is doing is they're sending out jerk alert emails to <gasps> problem customers. And it kicks off and says, hi, we recently received a report of your behavior going against our community guidelines. And an email goes on to say, don't argue with the shoppers. Don't yell at them. Don't refuse to show your ID when buying alcohol. And guess what? The emails are actually working. Instacart says that rudeness has fallen by 90%, right? Wow. Wow. After they're getting warning notices. And so I'm always super nice to my Instacart folks. But I have to tell you, they're a lot better than the FedEx delivery folks. <laughs> I actually posted this picture on my Instagram account because Barry went on uh, Amazon and then he bought the sign. Barry's a sign person. Okay? Right. I mean, we have <laughs> signs everywhere. When you come to our house, there's actually a sign that says guest parking right in front of the front door. I don't oh, understand it. <laughs> okay. So he bought a sign that said, you know, attention all delivery drivers. This is where you're supposed to leave your box. No, don't leave your boxes here. You're supposed to leave them at the front door. And then so I took a picture of the FedEx box right in front of the <laughs> sign. <laughs> so, so, like, I, I went in. I said, you know that uh, $20 sign you bought at Amazon? It's uh, going great. working really good. Yeah. It's working really, really well. So. FedEx drivers, I'm just so fed up. I'll tell you that. (laughs) All right. So, Matt, explain to everybody what is going on at Reddit. Okay. It's confusing, so try to stay with me. I'm going to try my best here. There's been a lot of protests going on over at Reddit. And as a quick recap, Reddit is an online forum that allows people with similar interests to kind of join together and talk about whatever they want to talk about. So, you know, you have a bunch of subreddits that could be about pictures, they could be about video games, they could be about what have you. There's a community on Reddit for it, and that's basically what it's used for. But they are also one of the places on the internet where, quote unquote, internet culture is born. It's where the memes come from. It's where the gifts come from. It's where all that kind of stuff is kind of born and then disseminates across the internet. Well, recently they've come under some hot water because the CEO, Steve Huffman, announced they would be charging third-party developers for using Reddit's API. Now, API is Application Programming Interface. Now, you probably just glossed over, but basically what that is, is it allows other companies, other businesses to take content off of Reddit and use it in whatever they want on their own apps, right? So it was kind of for stopping the New York Times or the Washington Post or whoever news organizations to come onto the platform, take, you know, GIFs or memes or whatever, and then repost them without paying Reddit. So Reddit wanted to charge those people. But... Why would they all be protesting this? It's not like the all these Redditors are like, oh, we fight on the side of the New York Times. That's not what's going on. <laughs> what's really happening is that they have these third-party apps, right? And a lot of the creators and moderators and all that kind of stuff use these third-party apps, and they are better. So imagine it this way. If you had a Facebook app that wasn't called Facebook, but allowed you to have better tools and more access and just a better experience using Facebook, you'd probably use it, right? Well, that's what they have for Reddit. So they have all these different apps. There's one called Apollo that's really, really popular and a few other ones. And they are kind of behind this whole protest. 
basically what they're saying is that this is going to cost them exorbitant amounts of money. And so these third party platforms are going to go away, which has led Redditors to start these huge protests. And they've gotten kind of crazy. So it started with people just taking these subreddits and making them private. Once they're private, uh, Reddit can't take the content from those subreddits and sell it. If it's (laughs) private, they can't do that. But... Sometimes they didn't have the ability to make it private because the moderator would stop it or what have you. So they took it into their own hands and started posting pornography onto these (laughs) non-pornographic subreddits so that it would automatically be flagged and turned private so that Reddit could not profit off of it. But it got even funnier. Wait, I have to just stop you right there. (laughs) Okay. That is genius. It is. It really is very funny. Okay. If there is any group of people on the internet that are really good at this kind of stuff, it's the people on Reddit. You know, Discord people, Reddit people, those always online kind of people are really good at this kind of stuff. In fact, it got even funnier because there was a few subreddits and one in particular, one of the biggest on Reddit's called rpix, which is the subreddit for just photographers, artists, graphic designers, post their pictures and share all that kind of stuff. Well... They have 2.4 million people on this subreddit and they took out a vote that said, should we go back to normal and stop the protest or should we post um, thirst trap pictures of John Oliver, the host of the HBO show last week tonight? (laughs) And they overwhelmingly voted for that option. And so now the PIX subreddit is just full of handsome pictures of John Oliver and John Oliver himself caught wind of this, went on Twitter and started posting thirst traps of himself in bathing suits and in weird ballerina outfits <laughs> and all this stuff, you know, egging, egging them on. So what was Reddit's response to this? Well, you know, they didn't, they're not going to give in. It doesn't look like they're going to give in. Um, because this year, there's some rumors that Reddit will be going public. They'll be becoming a publicly traded company. And so they are basically saying that they want to get more money and to upgrade their price before they do that. And this is a big way of them doing that. In fact, the CEO said, we made a business decision and we're not negotiating on that. (gasps) So it doesn't look like the protesters are going to win that, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Wow, that is something. So so what is your prediction, Matt? You know, I I do not think they're going to back down. I think that it's money and money's money and money's money. And, you know, all these subreddits, they're going to try. But it, over the last couple of weeks, I've been monitoring it and it's slowly dying. It's still going on, but it's definitely starting to flounder a little bit. I think we'll we'll see it kind of go away and there will be a new divisive thing that they'll all get mad about and kind of forget about this. And then they'll <laughs> go public and they'll make a billion dollars. So. Well, it is the money train. Yeah. That's all it is. Yep. I mean, and they need to get their revenues as high as possible before they go public. So this way they get the multiple that they need. And yeah, uh, yeah, you know, that's another thing that we should have invented, all of us. We should have invented Reddit. Oh. That was something. <laughs> yeah, we messed that up. Boat. For some reason, I thought you were going to say did. the internet. And I was like, yeah, we should have. We should have invented <laughs> the internet. <laughs> that too. Okay. No, okay. No joke. Okay. I was in my office once. And this is about 10 years ago. And our then IT manager came into my office and said, the internet is down. And I said, so do you mean like the internet in the buildings down? Is our website down? I mean, and he said, no, Kim, the internet is down. And I'm trying to figure out who I can call at Google to tell them that the internet is down. Oh, no. And I said, um, I, I don't think the internet's down. I think it's us. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. It was us. Did you try turning it, it off? And yeah. Did you try to- <laughs> okay. Who can I call at Google? I mean, just like a straight face. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Incredible. Yeah. Okay, dude. Good job. All right. So what do you got for us, Al? You guys remember, this was years ago. There was a text message that went around. iPhone to iPhone. If you sent it from your iPhone to somebody with one, it would just shut down their phone. Yes. Do you remember this? I do. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. As yeah. a matter of fact, I, I sent that to my son, Ian, and he was in high school. And uh, and then, it, of course, it shut his phone down. And he's like, Mom, yeah. you're such a troll. Okay. But then he <laughs> sent it to like 20 of his friends. And then and somebody sent it to like the teachers. And so like it was just going through the whole school in like this afternoon. And then the headmaster called me and said, you know, 
Kim, can you just stop this? Don't do that ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Number one prankster. Yeah. So basically, you sent it to someone. They didn't have to open it. If they got the text while their phone was locked, it just shut down. That is kind of how zero-click hacks work. You don't have to do anything. Um, So with most hacks, attacks, malware, there's some kind of action, right? You click on a bad link. You download a file that you shouldn't have downloaded. But with these zero-click attacks, they essentially use a vulnerability that is built into the software, the device, a network, whatever, to gain complete access to your phone, your computer, what have you. So Apple just patched the latest zero-click attack. There have been several of these recently. And this one is triggered by sending a malicious iMessage that has an attachment. The attachment is what triggers the exploit. And no, you don't have to open it. So just like that text way back when, all you have to do is receive it and it can infect your phone. Now, I mean, all malware is bad, right? But there is a range. Um, Sometimes we talk about adware and that's where like, you get pop-ups on your phone, or maybe it's secretly having you watch videos in the background. And that's annoying, and maybe they're getting some information, but it's not the worst. But then on the other side, we've got the malware where they could get complete control of your phone. And that is usually with the zero-click attacks what people are after. Um, Cybersecurity researchers call this one triangulation spyware, which I don't know about you. Mm. That sounds really bad to me. Yeah, yeah. scary. Uh, it does. And <laughs> it impacts a ton of Apple Gear iPhone 6s, 7s, the SE, iPhone 8, and later, uh, iPad Pros, iPad Airs, even Macs running Big Sur, Monterey, and Ventura, and Apple Watch, Series, Apple Watch 4, 3, 5, 6, 7. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Everything. I, yeah, yeah, what okay. else? Everything. <laughs> so what do you do? Well, update. Uh you better believe it is really in Apple's best interest. If they discover something this bad, they are going to patch it quickly. So update your phone, uh, your watch, your tablet, your computer, whatever you have. And then a little bonus step. And this works even if there is no update yet. Uh, Most zero-click attacks, they only live on your phone until you shut it down again. Like once you restart, it wipes it and you have to get that malicious attachment again, which is good to know. So good practice is restart your phone every now and then, and that can wipe this kind of stuff out. I generally restart my phone, I would say weekly or just when it's acting weird. (laughs) So good reason, another reason to shut down your phone. And, you know, I just I felt just a little tinge of something, Allie, when you were talking about this. This little like, no, 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 just saying, <laughs> I just I'm feeling that like Miss Pixel over there, you know, I don't know what you mean, Kim, <laughs> with your loser iPhones. <laughs> That's it. Hey, listen, stay right where you are, because coming up, we have the real amount of steps that you should be taking every single day. And it's probably not what you think. We have a really great new AI editing tool. We're going to talk about how to send travel docs to your Kindle and your tablet. And then we have the what the heck headline of the week that, wow, this one is incredible. It's Ooh. unbelievable. I mean, if if you don't listen to this podcast for anything else, just the what the heck headline is <laughs> going to be a story you're going to like tell like 20 people after I talk about it. And then who's on joke duty? I am. Um, no. So here's what I did. I tried something new this week, <laughs> and you all are going to judge me for it. And I think it came out okay, but I wrote my own joke. Um, <gasps> I, I was trying to find some stuff online, and I was running up empty, and I was like, you know what? I can do this. So I gave it a try. Um, okay. I'd say, no, I don't want to brag too much. i say it's like a six. You know, oh, good beginner's joke. I tried six. my best. Homemade yeah. beginner's <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, then, of course, you know, with that glowing endorsement, now you really can't do yeah. this. Since our founding in 2000, we at the Center for Internet Security have always had one mission. It's to create confidence in the connected world for people, businesses, and governments. As a nonprofit, we do this by drawing upon our core competencies of collaboration and innovation. The world is changing, cyber threats are evolving, and IT resources are limited. All you want is a way to strengthen your cybersecurity programs efficiently and effectively. Let CIS help you with these efforts. We use a consensus-based process involving IT professionals from around the world to develop and maintain security best practices. These resources are proven to defend systems and data against threats, both on-premises and in the cloud. We also strive to help organizations of every size and maturity strengthen their cybersecurity programs. This includes serving U.S. state, 
local, tribal, and territorial government organizations. At CIS, we're all about making the connected world a safer place. Visit our website to learn more. Hey, we're so delighted to have you here, you tech savvies. That's right. Now, I hope that you are also among the discerning ones who start their day with our top-tier tech news, our scam alerts. It's all curated by me, yours truly. So this way you don't have to go to all these different websites. There's no algorithms. It's just all in my head, and I do it all for you every single morning. It's our daily news free email trusted by over 400,000 folks, and we have ratings every single day. So before we came and did the show, I actually pulled some ratings. And now these are six ratings all side by side. Okay. One, great information. Second one, always good, interesting information. Why not great? Just wondering. Uh, Super informative. Always start my day with it. Uh, Next one says, Kim is a trusted source for tech information and she doesn't pull punches when relaying information about any and all entities. So refreshing. And I love the dad jokes. Okay. We like that. Uh, (laughs) This one says, uh, just good. Now, this one was interesting to me. Often mind-blowing but today is just a pleasant scroll. Okay, I'll take pleasant <laughs> hey, scroll. Yeah, yeah we'll take that. Okay. So in case you uh, want to try it, and I would encourage you to do so, head over to getkim.com. Once again, that's getkim.com. Every single morning you get the current news. And, of course, it's called The Current, The Current Tech News. And so you want to go to getkim.com. All right, I'll go ahead and start with the tips. So every single week... I walk around 25 to 30 miles. Wow. That's a lot of things. And I've been blowing through uh, my Hoka's, my Asics, because, <laughs> you know, when you're walking that much, you really need to pay attention to these things. And so if you're feeling chained to your step counter, which I think I'm becoming like a little OCD mm-hmm. with it, mm-hmm. you know, tracking it, um, you might be wondering about, like, where did the 10,000 steps come from? It's actually a made-up number. It was back in the Tokyo Olympics in the 60s. They were trying to sell pedometers, and they said, okay, you know, everybody needs to do 10,000 steps. Well, since then, studies have come out that 10,000 is a magical number. Uh, so, like, for example, if you're under 60, the research says that you should be doing between 8,000 and 10,000 steps a day. At the most. Mm. At the most. And at so the most? sometimes, Allie, yes. When, what was that one day? You had like 27,000 steps. What was oh, that yeah. day? I had a crazy day. When I was in New York, I had I had a few like, you know, around 25,000. Wow. Yeah, which is nuts. Uh, now, if you're over 60, you get the senior discount. Um, only 6,000 <laughs> to 8,000 steps a day. Okay, so, so those are the numbers. Now, if you do go over... 10,000 steps. They say that there is like diminishing returns so that you're not, it's not like because you're 10,000, you're going to have like this super duper impact on your heart if you do 20,000. It's actually kind of cuts off at around 12,000. So that's just but something. But think about how smug mind. we get to feel. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah. You know, right? It's a, you know, that you just, and I haven't been able to walk hills yet. So I'm just, mm. I'm just a flat street walker. That's all it is. I mean, that's all it is. Did I tell you about the streetwalker? Did I tell you guys about that? No. Uh-uh. No? Okay. So Joe and I uh, decided to walk to church. And so it's about three miles from her house to church. And so, and we, we're Catholic. And so after we take Holy Communion, Joe and I, we always leave. We're like those people that just leave. We just don't sit there and wait for the final prayer. Mm. I don't know why, but it's just us. So we're leaving, and then a priest, Father John, sees us leaving. He's like, ladies, where are you going? And uh, Joe says, oh, well, Father, you know, we're kind of in a hurry because, you know, uh, we, ha- we have a far way to go. And he says, oh, did you park far away? And I looked at him, and I said, no, actually, Father, we're streetwalkers. <laughs> And he looked at me and he said, you know, here at the Catholic Church, we will take all sinners. (laughs) That's it. Amazing. Um, So tell us about this AI video editing tool, Matt. It's really, really cool. I I love finding really cool tools to share with everybody that listens and with you guys. So, But first, I needed to ask you a question. So do either your dogs shed a lot? Do you get like clumps oh of gosh. hair everywhere and doesn't matter yes. how much you clean it up. It's in every nook and cranny and you lift up a piece of furniture and it's piles of fur. That's what I think yes. AI is like right now. How'd you like that? The transition is <laughs> pretty good, right? Just that was, you know what? I thought, you know what? 
You are on fire today. You <laughs> are. professional. I thought yes. so too. I think that's a good one. I think, you know, it's just, it's getting into every nook and cranny of everything we do all the time. And, you know, we've been talking about those AI image generators. Well, of course, the next step is AI video generators. Now, this one's really, really cool. It is called Runway ML. And if you want to check it out, it's app.runwayml.com. I'll give it to you at the end again, but just wanted to get that out there. And basically what it is, is a AI video editing tool, but it can do a lot of really cool things. So the first thing it can do is it can add really complex filters using AI to your videos. Now, this isn't like Snapchat where you get a little dog nose and some ears and you look really <laughs> cute for a second. No, no. This is like a entire claymation movie made out of a home movie that you took at home that looks really realistic, Ooh. like Tim Burton made it wow, yesterday, that's right? great. Really, really yeah. cool, and it uses AI to do this. But the second thing it can do is text-to-video generation. So if you want to, you want a four-second video of someone surfing on a beach in Hawaii at sunset, you type that into it, and it'll give you a video of a good-looking surfer dude surfing on a wave in Hawaii at sunset in 20 seconds. And that's, that's the future right now you can get wow. between four and 10 second videos, but you know, they're kind of on a loop, more of a GIF kind of thing, but still really cool. But the coolest thing about this thing, and I don't mean to use the word cool so much, but it is really cool is that <laughs> it gives you the ability to have your own personal AI assistant that does specifically art. Now this is the future of where AI is heading. So I'll explain to you what that is. As opposed to like ChatGPT, where everybody uses this kind of same AI model and it learns through everybody, this would be a standalone AI model that you would train yourself on exactly what you're looking for and it would only be for you. So it wouldn't be impacted by other people searching on that site and creating their own stuff. It would just be for you. You're able to train, hey, I want to have specifically more this style in all of my art. I wanna have more of this kind of voice in how it's described and whatever. You can train it over time and it'll become personal to you. So I think this is kind of the future, but that's the, the standard model. I'm sorry. There is a free model. I checked out the free model, created some interesting little gifts. It was kind of fun. Um, that is free, but you don't get a lot. It has limited minutes and limited time, but there is a standard plan that has more. You can do a lot longer videos. You can create more with that AI model. That's $12.99 a month. And then the pro plan is almost unlimited. I mean, there are some restrictions on it, but that's $28 per month. So, Oof. you know, again, it is app.runwayml.com. You got to check it out. It's really cool. Cool. Still, I bet if you Which, were like creating videos for a business. Yeah. Like, that's so much yeah. cheaper than paying anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we asked Maddie to check it out. So I'm hoping that she'll have a chance to do that. Oh, we cool. can post something over on the yeah, Instagram be account. Because she, she, yeah, nice. she's, been, she's been behind a lot of the videos that we've been posting up there. All right, Allie, um, what do you have for us? I was just on vacation. And uh, one of the... I, my quirks, we'll call it. Hmm. Uh, I'm that person that always forgets to charge my phone, which you two know by now. Um, and I am proud to say on vacation, my phone never died on me. I had well, good job. a couple wow. of close calls. But what happens if you're at the airport or trying to find your Airbnb or, you know, going on a, an outing you scheduled on your trip and your phone dies? Well, that is why you need a little bit of redundancy. So I vote that even if you charge your phone like an adult, you put all those documents you might need, your tickets, itineraries, directions, confirmations, documents, whatever, put them on a different device too. You can do this with whatever else you have, um, a laptop, an iPad, even a Kindle, which I really like that one because the batteries on Kindles last Forever. forever. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Long after your phone's dead. Um, I'm going to write up full steps to walk you through this over on the site. But the gist, basically, you need to make sure the docs are in a format that your device can read. If it's a laptop, that can be basically anything. Uh, for an e-reader like a Kindle, probably just go with a PDF. They can also read EPUBs and Mobies, but you're mm. probably not going to make your itinerary an EPUB. <laughs> uh, you email it over to yourself. Did you know that your Kindle has an email address? It does. Or you can plug it into your computer with a USB cord. And then get all your stuff on there. Make sure you open it uh, ahead of time so that you don't have to have Wi-Fi or internet to download it. Because that would be a real bummer. So do this ahead of time. And I bet you're going to feel so much better on your trip knowing yeah. even if my stupid phone dies, 
I still know when my flight is. <laughs> you know, I, I thought it was fascinating, if you don't mind telling everybody, about how American Airlines sent you that email before the flight. I was telling Barry about that. And, you know, they just totally, by doing it, this process, they got rid of that that whole curmudgeon thing that was happening at the gate. Like, does anybody want to move their flight for $500, yeah. you know? Yeah, if you've yeah. ever heard at the airport when, you know, they get over the speaker and they say, like, can anybody, if anybody wants to get flight credit or get money, um, we need you, we need somebody to switch flights. I got an email a couple days before my flight that said, how much money would you be willing to take to switch flights? So they do this for only flights that are totally booked, I think, uh, because my first one was. Second one, it wasn't, so we didn't get that same notice. And you could choose, I think the first one was maybe like 300 bucks, and it went all the way up to $800. And it's, you know, you could choose a level, and then basically they pick the people who picked the lower end Mm -hmm. first, if they need to, to switch flights. So they take that person, you can, you know, get a different flight. And then I guess, theoretically, if nobody has done it, or if we all picked 800, they would pick, you know, that person. Uh, I didn't do it. <laughs> but in retrospect, I don't know why I didn't, because you can always say no at the gate. So that's true. I don't know, maybe next time if somebody's like, hey, do you want 800 bucks? Like, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, raise yeah. my hand. Okay, yeah. the flight costs 500. <laughs> I'll take 800 any day. Do that. Seriously. Um, hey, listen, coming up, we have a lady who says she's been hypnotized by a pop-up ad. Yes. Uh, Matt's going to be sharing why influencers are leaving TikTok. And Allie has got all the deets about smart locks you don't want to miss. And, of course, we have um, Matt's joke at the end. And we're, we're hoping that it's a six. We're hoping yep, that it's yep, a six. Yep. So, so stay with us. Since our founding in 2000, we at the Center for Internet Security have always had one mission. It's to create confidence in the connected world for people, businesses, and governments. As a nonprofit, we do this by drawing upon our core competencies of collaboration and innovation. The world is changing, cyber threats are evolving, and IT resources are limited. All you want is a way to strengthen your cybersecurity programs efficiently and effectively. Let CIS help you with these efforts. We use a consensus-based process involving IT professionals from around the world to develop and maintain security best practices. These resources are proven to defend systems and data against threats, both on-premises and in the cloud. We also strive to help organizations of every size and maturity strengthen their cybersecurity programs. This includes serving U.S. state, local, tribal, and territorial government organizations. At CIS, we're all about making the connected world a safer place. Visit our website to learn more. All right, so I always like to do the what the heck headline of the week. And if I haven't already asked you to subscribe to the newsletter, just consider this yet one more reminder, because here's the deal. I have a goal, and my goal is to have one million subscribers by the end of 2023. Okay, I know it's a lofty goal. It's a big number, but I'm Kim Commando. Would you expect nothing less than that? I mean, come on. So we have 400,000. And I want to get to a million. So here's the deal. Just go ahead and sign up. And even if you don't read it, no, I know you'll read it. Open it up. You'll love it. Go to getkim.com. Once again, getkim.com. And then, by the way, we're launching a new way that you can start getting referrals. And so what that means is that you can refer people to the newsletter, and then you can win valuable prizes, up to and including an iPad. That's right. I said iPad. And so you're going to see all the details at the bottom of your newsletter. And so, again, if you're already getting the newsletter, thank you so much. And if you're not, head over to getkim.com. All right. So here's the headline. Lady hypnotized by pop-up and gets scammed. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Uh, there was this woman in Seal Beach, California, Orange County. And she says that she was hypnotized by an internet pop-up. Here's what she says happened. She was checking her travel plans online, and then this yellow light popped up on her screen with a voice that said, do not turn off your computer. Do not turn off your computer. And it had a phone number attached to it for her to contact. So she panicked. She freaked out. She calls the number, and she speaks to a person for hours. And this person tells her that she needs to buy a ton of gift cards. So she gets in the car. First stop, she heads to Kohl's, and she buys $2,000 worth of gift cards. Whoa. Now, the cashier there said, "Uh, you know, we're not going to sell you anymore. And now the story should have ended, right? But no. 
Edith was still on the line with the scammer. So he says, now I need you to go to Lowe's, where she purchases $6,000 worth of gift cards. Okay. So when the local news asked why she fell for the scam, she said that she was hypnotized. She said, I couldn't control myself. I was doing exactly what he told me to do. I was hypnotized by the pop-up, and that's why I did exactly what this person <laughs> on the phone well, told me to oh, do. Edith. Yeah, right. Edith. Oh. Right? Come Edith. On. Oh, you know, they didn't say what Edith did for a living, but maybe she was a cleaning lady because obviously she had a little brainwashing going on there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. Sorry, that was a long way to go for a drink of water. I get it. So, Matt, you're our internet scout. What's going on with the influencers? You know, I was thinking about this. Social media influencing has only been around for like 15 years at the most, right? It's not like an sure. ancient profession that goes back hundreds of years. <laughs> like, it was only in 2019 that social media influencer actually became something in the dictionary. Like, it's okay. still relatively new. Well... It's one of those jobs that a lot of these Gen Z kids really aspire to be. You know, it's no longer I want to be a firefighter or a cop. It's I want to be an influencer. I want to be an online influencer, mom. Well, um, through the last few years, there's actually been a slew of online influencers that have been leaving the profession, which is kind of surprising to some people. In fact, there's one that kind of is notable that I kind of did a little bit of research on. Her name is Ingrid Nielsen, um, and she's a really prime example of this. She started her YouTube channel back in 2009, and within a few years, it had really taken off. But what she was basically doing was those daily vlogs where she would, you know, Mm. vlog her entire life from her breakfast to her makeup, and she would show the products she uses and, you know, going to work and all, all that stuff, right? So she would do everything. And in 2019, she had 3.5 million followers on her Instagram. Now, it was in 2020 when the pandemic hit that she thought something's got to change because throughout that time, she said that she was having breakdown after breakdown after breakdown because she felt that she was sharing all these private moments in her life and she had nothing to herself. And so she was losing a part of herself and trying to figure out who she was while she was on the internet. That paired with... The harassment that especially women as social media influencers get on these platforms from the not so good side of the Internet really takes a toll on people's mental health. Right. And so, again, in 2020, she decided I'm going to change. I'm going to stop doing this. But she didn't really know what to do. And that's where another online influencer came in. Her name is Lee Froman. And she also had millions upon millions of people following her on all different social medias. And she did the daily vlogs and stuff for 10 years. But when she stopped doing it, she asked herself, do I just put like influencer at the top of my resume when I'm trying to get a job? How you? <laughs> yeah. So she started a, you know, online course for people that want to get out of being an influencer. Not only does it help really? them kind of, hey, what are the steps to quitting? What do you need to do to stop doing this, to get that kind of out of your system, as well as what are the next steps you need to be able to do? So she's helped a ton of people get out of the influencing game. And I think it's kind of interesting that after 15 years of people doing this, that we're just now starting to see kind of this dial back, kind of these cracks in this facade of, you know, oh, this big sparkly, shiny life of being an online influencer. Oh, look at this. Look at this product that I have. Isn't this so pretty by a million? (laughs) Right. And it's not all that glamorous as we thought it was. So I'm not really sure what the future of online influencing will be, but I definitely don't think in like 30 years, it'll be the same drive that kids have these days to become it. I think there will always be online influencers, but I think we're starting to see that kind of go down. That's also a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, every single day day for a decade, like sharing your entire life. Yeah. I don't even remember what I had for breakfast, let alone sharing with a million people. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Let me ask you a question because this happened to me. I was at a barbecue last weekend. And, you know, people know who I am and what I do and stuff like that. So there's always somebody who comes to me and says, you know, you know, I have a question about this or my phone yeah. or they want to share a story. So this this well-dressed woman in her 60s comes to me and she's she's beautiful. 
you know, very stunning and, you know, has an expensive watch. And she comes up, she goes, you know, Kim, I, I'm so happy to, to meet you and I've listened to your show and I get the newsletter and I go to the website and, you know, and I want to tell you about my granddaughter. I'm just so incredibly proud of her. And I said, oh, well, tell me. I'm thinking, like, maybe she's going to be an astrophysicist mm -hmm. or something like that. She says, you know, I can tell you the girl's name. She said, but she has about five and a half million followers. And she is stunning. And she's making, like, fifty, seventy-five thousand dollars $75,000 a month. Wow. And I said, really? I said, boy, she must have, <laughs> you know, she's really a big influencer. And she said... Well, she's she's not an influencer. She's a model. And I said, oh, yeah, she said, she's a model. She's, she said, and, you know, I, I wish I could show you her stuff, but it's I, you have to sign up. And I said, oh, so where's her site? And she said, oh, she's she's a model on, um, she goes, it's like a fan site, mm -hmm. fan something. And I said, so she's an OnlyFans model. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. And she said, so what do you think of that site? Oh, and no. I said, well, <sighs> um, I said, she, you know, I said, it's, it's a really popular site uh, among primarily men. And, uh, and how much is she? Said, oh, she's making like fifty, seventy-five thousand dollars $75,000 a month. And she said, so, um, so how would I go about seeing her account? And I'm like, don't no. do it. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't do that. So at, at that point, I just, I said, oh, you know what? I have to go find my husband. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. So what do you say to somebody like that? What would you have done? I, I don't know. Be blunt. Like it's probably <laughs> videos and pictures you don't want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think you did the right thing, Kim. I don't think somebody who... Like, she needs somebody close to her yeah. to explain what that is. Yeah. That was not your job. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think you know, I would move like, Mark was, away, too. Yeah, it was, I was like, it was right here on the top of my tongue to say, you know what? Yeah, they're called OnlyFans models, uh, but you might have known them as hookers back in the day, you know? So <laughs> it's like, not, not, not really something that we want to do. Hey, speaking of social media, we are at Kim Commando everywhere, everywhere. So whether you're at Twitter slash Kim Commando, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, I shouldn't say everywhere because we are not on OnlyFans. Just <sighs> wanted to let you know that. I know it's a major disappointment. So be sure that you follow us really everywhere. Um, hey, listen, you want to stay right where you are because coming up, Allie's got why smart locks are totally worth the buy. And Matt has a joke that yeah. he says that we're not going to want to miss. So we're just going to have to trust him. <laughs> Since our founding in 2000, we at the Center for Internet Security have always had one mission. It's to create confidence in the connected world for people, businesses, and governments. As a nonprofit, we do this by drawing upon our core competencies of collaboration and innovation. The world is changing, cyber threats are evolving, and IT resources are limited. All you want is a way to strengthen your cybersecurity programs efficiently and effectively. Let CIS help you with these efforts. We use a consensus-based process involving IT professionals from around the world to develop and maintain security best practices. These resources are proven to defend systems and data against threats, both on-premises and in the cloud. We also strive to help organizations of every size and maturity strengthen their cybersecurity programs. This includes serving U.S. state, local, tribal, and territorial government organizations. At CIS, we're all about making the connected world a safer place. Visit our website to learn more. So last weekend I was bored and I was getting my hair done. And it's always a pain in the neck because if you're a woman and you have to get your roots done, you know that it has hours and it has to do with tinfoil and it's just an unpleasant experience. It takes so long. So as I, was, as I was getting my hair done, I decided, you know what? I bet you there's something I could do. So <laughs> if you go to kimcommando.etsy.com, guess what? <laughs> I opened up an Etsy shop while I was getting my hair done. <laughs> um, and so there you can get Kim Commando Show hats, uh, T-shirts. Uh, we have cases for AirPods. Um, let's see. There's polo shirts. There's a backpack. There's phone cases. 
a tote bag. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's also an apron. And that, I mean, you know, for your grilling buddies. And so if you're looking to, like, really support the show and see what you can do in two hours when you're getting your hair done at Etsy, <laughs> uh, that's kimcommando.etsy.com. Once again, that's kimcommando.etsy.com, which Nicole, who does my hair, she's like, do you ever stop? Does it ever <laughs> just stop? I'm like, no, you should be in this brain. It's crazy. <laughs> okay, It is. <laughs> All right. So, Allie, tell us about smart locks. Oh, man. You can take away my Echo. You can get rid of the smart lights, all the smart junk I have in my house. But I think a smart lock is my favorite thing. And there are a few reasons. Uh, You don't have to find your keys when Mm. you get home, which is excellent. Depending on the lock you buy, you can do it with a code. That's what mine does. Uh, You can do it with a fob that's on your keys, so you can just kind of hold your bag up to it or your fingerprint. In general, they're more secure. Um, They use fancy encryption, and you get a real-time notification if someone unlocks the door, which I know your dumb lock does not do. Uh, One of my favorite uses, I've done this many times, laying in bed at night, and I think, oh, I'm about to fall asleep, but I don't know if I lock the door. Mm. And so I can just say, hey, Echo, is the door locked? Uh, So you can talk to them with your smart assistants most, most of the time. And if it's not, it can lock it for you. You can also do this and probably more reasonable to do it. Say you're at the store and you don't know if you lock the door or you're on vacation and you're having that panic moment of Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, did we remember to lock the door? It also makes it really easy to let people in. A lot of them you can set up temporary access codes so you don't have to give, you know, if it's a code, you don't have to give them the real one. You can set up a temporary. So that's really nice. You don't have to worry about getting somebody keys ahead of time or anything like that if you have visitors. What should you look for? Okay, a few things. Make sure that it works with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. You want one with a good battery life. I would read through the reviews, see what the you know the, the specs say about it, because some, some of the cheap ones go through batteries really quickly, and it is so annoying when the batteries start to die because the door unlocks really slowly. Mm. So you, you want that to happen, you know, not that often. Uh, make sure it works with your door, of course. Sometimes you can just slap one of these right over your existing lock. Other ones you need to like fully install a new lock. Uh, and then make sure if you have a smart home hub, you know, if you use Google Home or an Echo, uh, whatever it is, you want to make sure that the one you buy talks to your smart home hub. Uh, I use a Schlage lock. I really like it. Um, I recommend you kind of stay in the same ecosystem if you have a security system. So mm. say you have Simply Safe, get the Simply Safe lock because it's better when everything can just kind of talk to each other and sure. be as compatible as yeah. possible. So if you already have smart stuff, look around, see what the options are for you. Um, we'll put up a post over on commander.com with some links to some of our favorites. But seriously, I think this is like the best you know, depending on the model you get, 100 bucks, maybe a little bit more that you can spend. Imagine never having to, like, do that frantic, let me get you keys, I'm not going to be home. Right. Um, or, you know, you're on vacation, you're like, did I lock the door? And then you don't have to panic for the rest of your trip. Okay, Amazing. I am not, Allie, I am not going to let us move on to Matt's joke Unless you tell everybody about you and your smart lock experience. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh no. I forgot. Okay. Well, uh, a couple months ago, I accidentally locked my keys in the car. Not my car. It was my husband's truck. I can't do it in my car, right? Like newer cars, they don't let you. And so I'm just used to like, oh, my bag's still in the car. Doesn't matter. Well, I drove the old Ranger and I locked the keys in the car. Uh I panicked. How am I going to get in the house? Oh my gosh. So I went through the dog door, uh, got in the house, felt all great about it. Like, it's fine. I found a way in. And my phone was locked in the car. So I found my computer and I texted my husband saying, I, I locked my all my stuff in the car, but I got in through the dog door. And he said, Al, you never use your keys to get into the door. It's a code. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And here you were feeling, you know, you were feeling all James Bond like, you know, like, oh, I can still get in. That's awesome. (sighs) Okay, Matt. All right. The witching hour is here. I'm not sure. That was maybe funnier than the joke, but I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Once again, I wrote this myself. I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. This is my comedy debut. All right. 
Okay, we're ready. <clears throat> Bobby and his friend Chase are going shopping because Bobby has a date that night and wants to find a new outfit to wear. So they end up going to the mall and because there's a bunch of stores to choose from. They go in the first shop and they're trying to pick items out. And Bobby goes into the dressing room um, and comes out. And Chase looks at him with a sour look on his face and says, oh, man, that's horrible. Those don't match at all. So confused, Bobby goes back into the dressing room and puts on another outfit, comes back out. Chase is shocked. He's wearing a bright yellow jacket and neon green pants. Uh, Chase says, come on, man, you have to be kidding me. Try again. Again, Bobby goes in, comes out, and is again wearing one of the ugliest outfits Chase has ever seen. So they go to other stores and other stores, and this just keeps happening and happening and happening. And Bobby looks down and says, I, I don't understand what's wrong with you. It's like you can't pick out an outfit to save your life. Uh, Bobby looks down and says, I'm sorry. I, I just found out that I'm colorblind. Saddened by this news, Chase says, oh, man, I had no idea. Did you see this coming? Bobby says, no, I had no idea. It came right out of the purple. <laughs> Man, I think that okay. was good. I think it I was think a six. Was I think I, I had it pinned on a six. <laughs> I think you know what? I, I'd give you an. I would give you a seven. Yes, I'll yeah, take a seven. That was think, that was a solid, like above mediocre joke. Yes, I like above okay, mediocre. So now you just raised the bar. Yeah. Now you raised the bar. Okay, you know, and, and you know when you had all those crappy jokes, yep. just a stream of them for like months and months and months. I recall. You know, and, <laughs> and, months and every time and it was like your turn to do the joke, everybody was like, "Oh God, <sighs> do we have to let him do the joke." I mean, is it going to hurt his feelings? You know, if we tell him he can't do the joke, you know. But I think you saved yourself. Yes. I really think you. Can. Hey, I think the Mario joke, and now one I wrote myself. I've pulled myself out of the gutter of jokes. I think so too. That's awesome. And if you laugh just a little bit at, uh, you know. His okay joke, really. I mean, we're just kind of help them make him feel good type of thing. Uh, no, it was a good joke. Is that make sure you tell three friends about the Kim Commando Today podcast. It's really simple and easy to do. Just, you know, maybe just drop a text to somebody with a link. Uh, you know, stand on a corner, flip it a sign. We don't care. doesn't matter. Just get us three listeners this week. That's all you need to do. And we're so glad that you're here. Allie, uh, thanks for pitching in and taking over the hosting duties when I was recovering. You did a fabulous job. You really, really did. I'm so proud Thank of you. Yes. And you too, Matt. And uh, we'll see you again here next week. This program is a copyrighted production of Westar Multimedia Entertainment and protected by the copyright laws. Any rebroadcast or use of this program for commercial, business, economic, or financial purposes without the written permission of Westar Multimedia Entertainment is strictly prohibited.